Steven Sutro. Yeah, we get to hang out with him today. It's going to be fun. He's an architect here in San Francisco, all over California, all over the nation even. Um, founded his architecture firm in 2005. He's a native San Franciscan and my friend. Uh, thanks for coming, Stephen. I'm fired up to sit down with you for these next 45 minutes. Um, I thought of this question. Uh, I use the term sympathetic renovation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, I got that from my buddy. And I traveled to Cape Town. He's a furniture designer named Gregor Jenkin. And he has this collection of 80s cars. Mm-hmm. And you would understand what sympathetic renovation Does that mean that you feel badly for the people having to do the <laughs> renovation? I'm always having sympathy. <laughs> More empathy, you know? It's a difference. Um, but, you know, do you, where do you kind of collide where you, you counsel your clients on, you should do the whole project versus nip and tuck? Mm-hmm. How do you decide that to, mm. to share with them? Right. It's something that we explore on every project Mm -hmm. uh, during the schematic design phase. We're trying to figure out, well, we have to help people figure out how much of a project to do, what will will meet their goals. Mm -hmm. And um, so that can mean doing little nips and tucks, and maybe that's the right thing in a certain circumstance. No matter what, we want it to feel like it was always that way or always kind of in a next generation way, supposed to be that way, if that mm. makes some sense, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I know your, your aesthetic ranges. Some of your projects are more modern and some are more traditional. Yeah. We're, we're, we uh, try to figure out what's contextually correct for that family, that house, that mm. thing. Um, and sometimes um, the proper range of aesthetic can be accomplished with small portions of change or... Mm. Sometimes, really, to get it right, things yeah. just have to be changed. And then, of course, some of the stuff infrastructurally is tied together, right? Uh-huh. So when you start tearing out the electrical, how much of it really yeah. needs to be changed to be safe? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My face just went, uh, like, white or something. <laughs> safe. Yeah. It's, I've had to do that on our own place once, you know. Not wanting to do it, mm-hmm. but you gotta, you got to just go all in for safety's sake. Um, I, I wonder, because your firm does some very classic traditional homes, and then you also do you know, amazing contemporary projects, too. I've seen them both. Do you think that your clients for architecture, do they come to the table already knowing what they want? Or do they walk around the park still? Right. Half and half. Don't you find, mm-hmm. too? No? Mm-hmm. We, we find that um, if there is clear opportunity to select the aesthetic, you know, uh-huh. if, if you're in a country setting or, or where there's not a particular kind of context of the old bones of a house that uh-huh. they know they're going to keep, uh-huh. then you have freedom of, of complete choice, right? Uh-huh. But if we're working with a really beautiful house where it's appropriate to keep part of it or that's part of the program because it, there's so much intrinsic value there, then we're trying to figure out how to make the new parts look good with the old parts and how to update the look of the old parts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever tire of like this walk around the park? I mean, yesterday I was in an appointment and I was like, I love this. I think at one point maybe I was like, this conversation is, uh, I'm hearing it a lot. Now I just embrace it full throttle, you know, the walk around the park. I don't know. Um, 
the blue sky stuff is some of the most fun, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what should this look like? How, what could it be like? Um, you ever find when you're uh, driving around town and you see something halfway under construction that that's your most excited that you get oh, about man. a building? I've you know? heard you say like, that before. Oh, wow. Like, that's going to be cool because it's going to yeah. have some of this. And it turns out, oh, no, it was just going to be regular walls and regular windows. But yeah. the, the halfway during construction, you, it, you feel like you see something that, that, that they're doing that is really cool, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So the blue sky stuff is some of the most fun, right? Oh, just dreaming. Is that, is that what you mean? I mean with with clients, I mean if you're blue skying with them. What do you mean blue skying? Just like everything's possibility. Right, like you try to figure out what's what's of the range of possibilities. What's going to suit this thing? What's uh-huh. going to not only meet the goals but kind of exceed expectations for what can be done in the context of this X, Y, or Z on this mm-hmm. hill or in this mm-hmm. thing or you know with with these neighbors the way that they're <laughs> situated, whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering what you're favorite part of the, the kind of process is, is that it? Like the, the, the dreaming part or what's your, what's your favorite part? Well, um, I think that um, having the constraints of the circumstance, whatever those circumstances are, like a, a windy hill or the neighbors that are uh, uh, very close to one another, whatever it is, mm-hmm. once you kind of form, uh, figure out what the, what the criteria are, Kind of pushing and pulling around, mashing the design around in schematic is, I think, some of the most fun, don't you? Uh, yeah. I, well, no, my favorite's probably a little bit different. I've heard you say like, you love math, and I think there was something in, in your in one other panel we were in. I heard you say that. So you're kind of un- unlocking a, a puzzle a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think maybe the first meeting sometimes. Where we're just like, we're, maybe that is my favorite. If that was actually the job. It's all downhill after that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the, the second favorite is install day. Oh, of course. Like when it's all going in. Right. And it's just like a look like up here mm-hmm. that we really imagined and it, it is what we imagined. Yeah, it's so gratifying, right? Oh my gosh, that's the best, best. But if it was just a job to go and walk around with people's houses and rap for two hours, <laughs> if that was really a job, I could, I could do that too. That's fun. <laughs> um, are there any up-and-coming architects you've seen around the nation or, or world? Do you ever like, do you have time to look for that? Oh, of course. I mean, I, I feel like, um, well, we just, with the availability of the information, right? That it's so, mm-hmm. we're so kind of internationally more aware and connected, which is really cool. Um, I admire, um, there's a, uh, a firm in Paris, I think it's called Damien Langlois Morin. Do, do you know those uh-huh. folks? Yeah. And um, they do this beautiful job of juxtaposing this beautifully kind of contemporary architecture and they do design, I think, of furniture and objects too mm-hmm. into their projects. And they're responding to the context of beautiful historic Parisian architecture and not as one note or as as starkly as the B&B Italia ads where it's just a, a kind of a modern sofa within an old Parisian apartment. Everyone mm-hmm. gets that and it's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. fine. But they do this sophisticated kind of interstitial design that is mm-hmm. like, it's not quite totally contemporary. It's not, it's not definitely not traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'm admiring their work a lot um, mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, but you guys, um, have you grown with a passion for kind of finishing out the interiors um, over the years? Like, you know, I know you've always done even um, early in your career doing all the way through the kitchens and baths and tile and 
polls and everything, has that become more pleasurable? I don't know. I mean, I think that as we get more experience with brilliant interior designers and craftspeople and stuff, we're kind of learning about what can be great about all these little aspects of the mm -hmm. project. And so it's fun to, um, to collaborate with people and help see it through all the way to the end. It always has been. I, um, working in San Francisco as, as a start, or for, for, for my start, mm -hmm. uh, so much of what we work on, and, and now it's changing, now more buildings out of the ground, but um, so much of our work is, is with buildings that already exist in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and so if, if you're not kind of studying the details of the interior, then there's no job for you yes. <laughs> on those projects. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, so it's always been part of it to really yeah, kind yeah. of, um, some architects are really interested in the sculpture of the building and the mm -hmm. shell of it. And that's cool too. That's delightful. But yeah, um, uh, we like to see all the details through to yeah, the end. Yeah, I think, I think I see that in your work, um, you know, very detailed. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I'm always a fan. I, I've also talked to other architects that, uh, I think maybe like you said, they're really tweaking out about the light. Well, I don't know. I think, I think it's every... It, part of everyone's work yeah. doesn't have to be maybe not but yeah I mean we um, you have to pay attention to the sun right sure and so it's a big and and um, it's not uh, enough to say that you want a lot of windows or because windows in the wrong place are really hard in terms of glare heat you know all this this, mm -hmm. this stuff and so yeah. um, it's uh, so the software for this is awesome now, right? So I mean, mo oh, yeah, modeling right. things that so you can figure out when the sun is coming directly in, and oh, yeah. are 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 you is that in a position where at that time you're trying to have a cocktail right in that window, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. that's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. um, is that I was going to ask you about like, cutting technology mm -hmm. and that you're using? Is there anything new that you're Exploring or utilizing? Well, VR has surprised me. Have you worked with it? Yeah. very much. I mean, so yeah, three-dimensional three modeling and spinning things around and and you know all that yeah. has been a part of our work for a long time. Now, putting on the goggles. Um, yeah. I had a thought that it was going to be very clunky. I pictured kind of Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Right, but it really is helping put our clients in the space, and and we're finding that through viewers we can send to them. They're doing it at home so that they can do their homework having walked through the whole building and yeah. then come back with notes and, and questions. And we can walk through it together and kind of remark on certain things. It's, it's great. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah, the first time I had, I had yeah. a client put it on in this dining room and he's like, he was, he's a gamer also. Or like mm -hmm. he built a gaming company and mm -hmm. he was loving it. They're like, yeah. how, what, what's the percentage of projects you're deploying the VR? Oh, I would say about 50% now. What's interesting is that the, the tools that we're using to design and draw the projects, i.e. Revit particularly, and then, and then SketchUp if we're, if, we're, if we're doing early work, those things are exportable to the viewing platform for the VR so that it's not, it, it, um, we don't have to hire a separate service overseas right. to build these models for us, which is how it used to be. And it, uh -huh. so it used to be a great expense. We'd have to ask a client if they want that. Yes. Do they want to pay for that? Yeah. Now what's so neat is it's, it's kind of baked into the, the process. Right yeah. We, we don't find that we do use an outside firm to do that, uh, but the time it takes us to make sure that they have the scale of the wallpaper. Sure. Right. That's it's our time, not really the expense of having it 
mm-hmm. blocked out right. the structure of the room. Yes, 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 yes. It takes a lot of time to edit their work. So yeah. We're, we're still probably on the earlier side, like you, you were saying, I kind of ask them. Yeah. Do they want it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, but there's a difference between getting the sculpture correct and, and, in terms of the, the rooms and the walls and the, mm-hmm. all of the actual kind of large physical pieces, because you can walk through that schematically early, but then to apply correctly, to map all the finishes and materials correctly so that it appears in scale and is, begins to illustrate the vision that you're, you're talking about and materiality on the mm-hmm. interiors. There's more work there, yeah. and so to get the model refined to a position where it's really gratifying on a material way, still takes more effort. Yeah, you know, still still takes time. Hey, if you had to pick one paint color, not white, that you had to work with in perpetuity, it would definitely be an off white. Is that what you're, <laughs> is that what you're asking for? <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going to catch me naming a color. If that's what you're <laughs> that was an interesting question. I was writing this question down. Like this would be interesting. Oh, not white though. <laughs> um, so designers have like quite a bit of camaraderie. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Um, do architects have that same camaraderie? Do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're cheering yeah. each other on. Yeah, I think we we enjoy each other's success and 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 talk want to talk about where we uh, could do better and collaborate on the tools that we're using and and um, I think you know there's a, a statistic and this I'm sure the way that I quote it will be wrong but that of all of the structures built in the world that maybe only two percent use um, benefit from the services of architects or designers mm-hmm. you know to you know and so there's um, and so to mm. get to do it, it's, you know, to spend time or to be employed spending time to do this, I, I feel like kind of is a luxury to begin with. And uh-huh. then, uh, and then, so the, and the, the properties and the projects that we get to do are such a luxury. And so, so, um, I think it's healthy to take a step back from that and look at it and, and really enjoy that. And we had one client recently, um, who, is beginning a, a, a country project and it's a really exciting program, very interesting. And he and he paused and he said, now I want to make sure that the number one priority for this, and I would usually, the first, the next words would probably be money or time or something else. But right. What he said was the, the number one for our priority for this is that we want to have fun doing it. And he said, I recognize that this is a luxury to get to do, to deploy resources in this way, right to on. build this thing is a luxury. I thought, oh man, that's... When clients say things like that, are you like, can you come with me the rest of the day? <laughs> right, and explain to some other folks. <laughs> that's good stuff. That's usable. Oh man. Um, you grew up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a cliche question, you know, the city of change, the city has changed, but I got a couple of ones that aren't as cliche. What's changed in San Francisco that, you, that really surprised you? Well, uh, I don't know. You didn't I, I, I think I think it, part of it is kind of nice. It creeps up on you in a nice way in that cer- certain areas like uh, Hayes Valley or, or mm-hmm. I don't know, just you know these little villages that that have come to be and are all kind of knit together is is really interesting. It used to feel more like kind of a sleepy city where there were particular spots that you would go to for 
um, for more buzz, you know, for, mm. for restaurants or for, for walking around or for that kind of stuff. And now those things, those, the places where that kind of activity is um, at a high level are more, are more frequent and are buzzier. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know. It's, so I think it's just kind of busier in a really interesting way. Another thing is that, I mean, I grew up w- with the Embarcadero Freeway. Do you remember that? Oh, and, and so something like that where, where we had some part of the city that, you know, I don't know, I was too young to recognize what th- that should be or what, it, what the freeway represented. But, you know, for that freeway to be torn down and for the waterfront to be opened up like that is crazy. Monumental. So that's, su- it, yes. you know, that kind of physical change is super cool to watch. Yeah. I was bummed when the... Um, when the Warrior Stadium was denied from the waterfront, yeah. were you aware of that oh, conversation? Yeah, it was supposed to be on the pier. Yeah, and, and they and they denied it because of the they would have to make an exception. As I understand it, I'm probably wrong, but they would have to make an exception for height limit. Uh-huh. And I thought, what's cooler than having some really big busy thing where you know that we're we can all that, experience it. Yeah, I mean, San Diego having the ballpark downtown in uh, in San Diego, uh-huh. it's really neat. Yeah. To be able to go to a ball game that's so close, but more even the, the way that it benefits the area from just the, kind of the buzz and noise and stuff like that. And so yeah. I think, anyway, so I'm, I'm glad that, that they are building the the stadium or Coliseum, yeah. but uh, I was close. I was for that location. I thought that, oh, I I thought that was much better. I kind of think of those stadiums, not just for the Warriors, but all the venues that I have to go, or, or all the events that I have to go to San Jose if I want to see Lady Gaga a third time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, uh, Jackson Square is kind of so cool I really like the look of that those streets right there around Jackson Square but I don't really remember it when it was a vibrant antique dealer area Mm mm-hmm do you remember that area at all growing up I mean no that was that was before we understood I mean at our age yeah. really what was going on and I, so I think it's going through a lot of change right now and um, yeah hopefully there'll be kind of a new new crop of things that are a little and, and the, the new furniture stores and mm-hmm. and um, and other things on there are, are starting to kind of revitalize the, the that original kind of design concept there mm-hmm. I love um, I guess it's our first office was on Jackson Street there Oh. At, um, I guess the cross street is uh, Sansom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, right there on, the, on Jackson Street, one side of the street is very modest, kind of brick buildings that are not very um, decorated. Mm-hmm. And then the other um, is highly decorated in a, in a kind of a neoclassical or traditional way. And um, if you catch like a walking tour or listen to what the history of that block is, is that that's when they struck silver, when the silver mines in Virginia City were, were, um, were creating a lot of wealth in San Francisco. So the, the, on one side of the street were the warehouses for liquor and other things that were being imported into San Francisco before the silver mines mm-hmm. were struck. And then the, the highly decorated buildings were post. Were post. Wow. Yeah, it was really kind of one neat. Side it's and, a neat and that was waterfront right, right mm-hmm. about there, about mm-hmm. a block and a half. Anyway, it's kind of a neat, really neat. That, I saw that map the other day. It filled a lot in. Yeah, right. It's like five, six blocks at times, right? at least, in there. They can't get any more, they seem to be having problems, or developers seem to be having problems getting more housing in that particular neighborhood, mm-hmm. which would help out the vibration, I think, like you said. Totally. Well, there's the, the new um, 
new one across from the battery. Yes. Which is cool looking, yeah. That is cool looking. Yeah, that wraps around the old ship saloon. Yeah. Um, and then you, if you had to, I don't know, pick like, not 50 years out, 10, 15 years out, what do you think might change? What else may change in San yeah. Francisco? Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Um, do you think, I don't know, maybe they start to figure out the Hyperloop. Maybe they decide, decide that it won't be built in 15 years, but maybe they get into it. Hmm. I just attended this really neat lecture about the flying, flying cars. What? And they're, I think they're happening pretty soon here. Really? It's going to be really interesting to figure out how, how transportation in the air changes what happens at the ground. And um, so much of our, and, and this is not 10 years, probably in terms of how it's going to affect, you know, greatly affect transportation. But what, it's, I really don't like looking at, at cars on, on people's property. M- meaning when we design a house, if you kind of look at a house from the front or the street or, what, you know, wherever we're coming from, it's nice not to have the cars parked in front as part of your initial experience, yes. right? Like, get the cars. You hide the garage. Yeah, get, the yeah, side. get yeah. that stuff out of there, right? And so, what happens when they're when the cars are all flying and they're, you know, mm-hmm. interesting, right? Would they fly right on top of one another, meaning they're almost stacked on existing roads, and that's the pathway? So you just have to go. Oh, it's five o'clock. I go with ten high. Forced <laughs> to four high instead right. of being like way up in the air, like a, a plane, <laughs> right? Right. The lecturer was, was giving a statistic about how many cars fit on a, on a certain length of road versus how many fit, you know, cubically or, or uh-huh. in three dimensions. And it's, a, it's an amazing a lot difference, more, right? A lot more opportunity there. <laughs> What's the, what are the, uh, is everybody making them? All the car manufacturers making flying cars? Now? I don't know that. Hmm. Um, do, you, do you put like Tesla chargers and everything in, in uh, every project you specify? Electric cars, yeah, certainly um, all of the projects that we do are, are, are um, preparing for solar uh, energy collection on the rooftops and then putting chargers in, in garages that, that maybe we won't need soon anyway. You know, maybe we're preparing for something that will be kind of leapfrogged in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. I have an electric car right now, um, the i3. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get the Tesla. Uh, you know, not making them. I don't know if you read the reports. <laughs> Stop making them. This is like a timestamp of like, go back and listen to this one. Um, but I just plug it right into the 110. Mm-hmm. It just works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like never ran out of, mm-hmm. you know, drive enough to the city. It's so great. Um, hey, are you a handy guy? Like I can use saws and nail guns. Mm-hmm. I know I had a great shop teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, this old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He had all his fingers. Uh, are you handy? I like doing that kind of stuff, but I don't have a lot of patience for the fine, fine tuning of it. Like I would not be a, a good finished carpenter or, so, mm. or something like that. But I, I like all those tools. I've been designing, um, been designing sets a little bit in you know for an organization in in, in spare time, and that and and designing Explain sets. You mean oh, for theater. Fin- for theater. Oh. And 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 so. Doing some of that, it's 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 wow. immediate, more immediately gratifying, and that the, the the turn time for this kind of stuff is yeah. very fast, and yeah, yeah. and the constraints for it are totally different, and that there are very few rules about it, right? Yeah. That kind of stuff. So that's kind of cool. And then doing some of the construction of it, it's super fun. Um, 
but uh, no, I'm not. There's no engineer for it. Right. It's like, just has to not fall over. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's super cool. You ever been on stage, though, acting? No, that's not for me. No? Uh, it might be for you. I, I have been on stage as a kid, but then my girlfriend and in college, for her, she was a thespian. She was in the theater. Um, she had to put on a play for her degree. She got all our friends together. We learned the parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I froze. <laughs> I, I That's hard. That is hard to believe. Re- I couldn't recite my lines. Uh-huh. It was so embarrassing. Um, but you're, you're working. Maybe you've already finished your house. You've been working on that? Just now complete. Yeah. Right. You guys moved in? We'll move in in a month. Mm, fun. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many clients, and then turning that over to you too, bring something from their childhood house forward. Mm-hmm. Did you bring anything forward to your, from your childhood house? One of your beloved houses? Not, not so literally. Uh, um, yeah, but I think you're right. A lot, of, a lot of our clients do, right? They say, I remember doing this this kind of way, and that gave me joy, and I want to kind of replicate that feeling or that kind of, uh, or even very kind of physical thing and, and uh-huh. replicate that. Yeah. Mm. Did we, did we do anything very particularly? I don't think so. But I, I think, um, you know, just certain kind of ways that you um, picture or that you behave with your family and trying to create the right kind of physical circumstance so that you can repeat those kinds of nice memories. Mm-hmm. Sure. We have a concept phase, as I'm sure you do, at the beginning of every project. I, I guess I have to always create new ways of asking the questions to pull it out of them. Mm-hmm. Do you have any good any, ways of... Any tips? Yeah. Hmm. We, I, no, I don't know, right? We, we definitely have to, by, by the nature of our work, take somewhat of a methodical approach to that, and then we find that things get teased out of, out of that methodical approach. Meaning, uh-huh. when, when we are designing a, a kitchen, for instance, we, we, I don't know if you do this, you probably do too, but we kind of say, okay, let's pretend it's a, a weekday morning and you're making toast, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Right? So, yeah. Or, or yeah. whatever the routine is. Let's, yeah. you know, there are this many people and you're doing this kind of thing. So just if you kind of think through the physical behavior, you know, you're walking here, then you're doing this. Uh-huh. And then, oh, no, that would kind of suck because I'd bump into this or, you yeah. know, right? Yeah. So we, we, we play a lot of kind of scenario thing. Right? So, okay, pretend it's 6 p.m. and there are three people over. <laughs> you know, I'm teasing, but that kind of thing, right? Yeah, we Because you, you, you want a house or, or a, a larger building, a civic building, whatever it is, to kind of feel gracious at different scales of use, right? So mm-hmm. you can, if you have a very large house, that can be intimidating for other people. It can be intimidating for you mm-hmm. to use intimately when it's only a couple people, right? Mm-hmm. So how to... How to places and people respond to different kind of scales of activity in terms of noise and actual kind of physical activity or in number of people, right? That kind of thing. There are so many choices, Stephen. Right, it's paralyzing, right? For some, yeah. And I was just meeting with a potential new client yesterday and that was, that was her words. Like, I'm paralyzed, basically. I can't get to decide on anything. <laughs> <laughs> One thing with like a person... Well, I, was, I, I walked through this woman's uh, house and I was kind of uh, picturing her living there almost and almost acting out to borrow the, like, <laughs> what would you like to be at her vanity? And it's like, it's too dark in here, you know? <laughs> um, okay, so I've got a, um, a 
Am I going to go to the speed round? Yeah, I'll do the speed round. You ready? Sure, what's this? <laughs> um, well, it's not that. It doesn't have to be that speed, speedy. But natural stone or porcelain? Natural. You get it. This is good. Uh, baseboards, or is it called riglet details? You know, the, where there's no baseboard? Sure, is with a reveal. Riglet? Yeah, well, What's uh, it called? yeah, reglet or reveal. Right. Okay. Yeah. Baseboards or, or reveal? Uh, reveal. Hmm. Uh, our, our new house has baseboard. So I, I, and I say this because, you know, it's responding to what the context is. Our house that, that we've just renovated and, and really ended up kind of building a new house as we discuss, like, where do you stop and start kind of. Yes. But it, it has bones from 1915. Mm-hmm. kind of craftsman um, bones. And so I simplified the details of all of the trim, you know, recreated all of these details in a way that's just a little bit kind of more simple and streamlined. And, and, and then the paint scheme is kind of more monochromatic and, and more contemporary. But I wanted to keep the bones of the house reincarnate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we used a baseboard there. And I think that was absolutely what the right choice was for that house, for, for our the next generation of enjoyment for that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we had been building um, a house in the country where there was no context or no original construction, we would have used a reveal instead of a baseboard probably. Because mm-hmm. uh, you like that better? Not necessarily. Depends on the Just, context, yeah, right? right. Um, wallpaper or who cares? Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite wood specimen for cabinetry? I don't know. I don't think that there's a the, the, a favorite remains, right? Or, or I, mm. I mean, I'm constantly evolving in my taste or just finding that there's so many things to like and love, right? And so mm. anything can be great in the right context. But I think that um, right now I'm ex- exhausted of um, too much contrast in comp in um, in light to dark value, uh-huh. meaning. So I think that we're having fun right now in our in our more contemporary projects with playing on tone, on tone, on tone yeah. with materials, yeah. right? So if we're using a, um, a white oak or something, then we're finding that like kind of a bleached gray kind of thing with other stones that are of similar color or tone, um, but are just of a slightly different value. So um, there's more subtle differentiation between the materials and it's like a little bit of textural differentiation. So no, no favorite, but you like mm-hmm. pick one and then let's, Go from there. Mm-hmm. Let's let's if you you can pick any stone in your library here or any wood in your library, and then we you and I can find three stones that go with that and three fabrics that go with that. And and to me, if it's kept pretty tight in terms of um, tone on tone on tone, and then you can experiment from there. You know, if you have this kind of interesting base palette that isn't too dramatically different. Mm-hmm. And when we go through the concept phase and we're we we reveal that they just need peace, kind of. Mm-hmm. A busy busy San Francisco, busy house, right. busy life. They come home and they kind of want that. That's when that palette, they want peace. That's when that palette is usually deployed for us. I, I th- Someone sent me something uh, yesterday that challenged that for me, which is yeah. um, they. Um, this was a link to a project. That, so a client is, is coming to San Francisco from another city. And the, this person sent me a link to their home from this other country mm. to, to, to explain kind of what their background is like or what they might be interested in in a variation for here. Mm-hmm. And th- this, um, this project that they showed was so wild in terms of colorful and pattern on pattern. And, but what was interesting about it for, for me and it helped me expand my horizon a little bit is that 
it was consistent in its um, loudness or in, in, yeah. its, in its inconsistency, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So every room had, had several different colors and it was quite kind of loud and lots of pattern. Um, but because it was consistent within that strata or band of, of expression, it was great. Yeah. You know, so um, I feel like architects get a bad rap for wanting everything white, or we just joked about that. Mm -hmm. But that's not, I don't think, generally true. I think it's just trying to figure out what are the interesting guardrails for the, that particular artistic expression, and then kind of doing a good job within that set of circumstances. You know? mm -hmm. I try really hard to use, you know, 17 years or so of just like really seeing materials. And that, that's furniture shapes and patterns on fabric and backsplash material and everything. I really try hard not to be um, dated in two, three years, four years. Mm -hmm. What do you, you know, I assume maybe, well, I don't know, do you, do you share that vision? And what do you use to kind of put the guardrails up? Hmm. Yeah, I mean about, about creating something that doesn't, that doesn't, Date. It's not going to not date, is it? Right. But your best effort right. to not let it follow a fad that will be out. Right. I mean, that's not, not always achievable. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm in the service of building people's dreams out, you know, and they may literally clutch on to some pattern that I've seen many times. Right. But, but that's what makes them happy. But, mm -hmm. you know. I guess I, I really try to watch everything. Well, I, yeah, I understand. And, and, and um, you might have been the first person to ever do a waterfall stone on an island, right? And, and then, you know, right. good for you, but uh-oh, that's, that's kind of, you know, becoming a thing that is kind of remarkable for a certain time period, right? Uh -huh. Maybe. But not to bash on that particular detail, which we have done and maybe we're doing right now, but I think that it's if something sticks out as a really remarkable um, item within a room or a building, then maybe that's not so correct. Meaning, if everything's done well, it kind of, nothing sticks out particularly, it just all kind of looks beautiful. Yeah. And, and then that's probably gonna stand the test of time. You can maybe tell that it was done in X period or Y period, but at least it's, it's really kind of well done. And, and when it's the, when it's a really successful expression of that genre, maybe it will endure beyond. Meaning, you know, when we look back at 1950s stuff and that we really think is great. Right. It looks period, for sure. But it happens yeah. to be a period that we kind of generally collectively admire, so that's cool. Yeah. But um, it's not like, well, anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of the trends that you're you're kind of talking about and and it might be that there's... I don't know. What's an example? Can you think of well, another one besides well, yeah, of something that sticks out that's currently yeah, hip that you know is going to date? Moroccan-shaped tile. Oh, shoot. Let me go remove those. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, like, but that was like from three years ago. Or any <laughs> pattern that seems to start to be replicated in tile and fabric and yeah, accent right. pillows. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm just trying to watch out and <clears throat> watch other people's work. And, and, and those kind of come up when we look at uh, feeds, maybe, or mm -hmm. from... Mm -hmm. um, from clients, I mean, you know, sometimes people collect all these yeah. great images, but it's it's the like stuff the, that's the bubbling to the top. The weathered wood thing, right? Like the, yeah, yeah. I just try to look at it. I mean, yeah, try to think a little bit ahead, but not crazy pants. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. what I'm trying to guard against. Right. I tell our clients that, 
um, and I'll try to advise them on that, and you know, the, the project will turn out to their liking mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I try to I'd be that advisory role. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, Stephen, last question. What's your, because you just finished your house. Um, what is your favorite room in your house and why? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You know, this is stereotypical because everyone loves the kitchen so much. We, we did something um, in our house that I would have probably been too afraid to do for a client. We made an island that's 17 feet long, single, wow. single island. And, um, and that really had to do with the constraints of how the kind of the rest of the house worked out. We have a very square house. And, and um, anyway, so this, this island, um, part of it is, is eating and, and part of it is, is cooking and, and, and then... Um, and, and the cooking really is, is towards one end of it so um, it seems like it will work ergonomically but I really wanted to be able to spread something out spread a project out spread a cooking project out and so to me there's nothing better than a clean clean desk right because you mm-hmm. feel like you can just start something mm-hmm. whereas if, if a desk is filled with stuff I feel like the first thing you think is well I, I have to move that stuff to do whatever it is that I want to do But uh-huh. so this island is just is the coolest. Wow, oh, right on. What material? This is um, uh, a Taj Mahal quartzite. Do you, have you ever used that or do you use that? Mm. So natural quartzites, right? Quartzite is, oh, used, yeah. is used to mean man-made things that are ground up, ground up quartz and other binders, yeah. right? To use Caesar stone and stuff like that. And then quartzite is, is quarried out of the ground and there, mm. there aren't that many varieties. There's kind of a, a white diamond mm. and a... The, but anyway, the Taj Mahal color is, is, is kind of a grayish, right? It's a little bit gray, a little bit beige. It goes with the kind of the bleached um, oak that we're using for the cabinetry. So it's kind of a calm thing, mm-hmm. but it's also very dense. And, and you know, hopefully we'll take, take a beating a little bit better than marble and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I, I really, so I really, you know, like anyone else, I want the durability of something like a Caesar stone. Yeah. And, and, um, but I really like the touch of a natural stone. Yeah. Right. Did you hone it? Because some of those, all, yeah, yeah. Right. Some of those, I mean, I mean, you've even selected granite in the last couple of years for a project in Cleveland to help select something, but we honed it. Yeah. And it's just smoking. Yeah. The piece of stone is actually love. Right. Lovely. Right. Well, awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming to Sitting Down. That's, yeah, that's happy to jam. Be, happy to be here. Cool.